Hello, Newmans. I've never <laughs> had a twofer before, but I've never had a threefer. Dr. Beckett, I just want to say it's a pleasure meeting you. My name is Jim, and it's a delight to meet you, too. Yes. I really enjoyed <laughs> your son's podcast. He's pretty prolific and never yeah. lost for words. You won't get any argument from these uh, two, I think, there. So. He, he's got a personality. <laughs> but Jordan, or how do you get a word in? Oh, I, I can talk. It, it usually, <laughs> the only one that really doesn't is probably my mother. So she has to uh, listen quite a bit. I think John agrees. This is the greatest hobby. And to have your family understand it is wonderful. Yeah, it was a delightful experience as a kid growing up and going to the many games at Ebbets Field which uh, was in progress from 1913 to 1957 when the Dodgers left Brooklyn. But I got such good memories, and it gives me joy to be able to think about these memories and talk about them. You were in the thick of it. That was the center of the universe in those oh, days. definitely. In, definitely. The, in the boroughs of New York, that had to be pretty special. My formative years were in the Pittsburgh area. I was a pirate uh-huh. fan, and... So I grew up with a love of baseball instilled by my dad as well. Dr. Jim's a huge Roberto Clemente, Oh, which I always like to remind him was a former Dodger farmhand. Drop that ball. It's it's a Branch Rickey connection, but also the Clemente and Jackie Robinson were real pace setters. They they broke through and uh, they were misunderstood and they had a bad deal and they had to suck it up and they did. And the world is better for it. But I had the opportunity as a kid growing up when Jackie Robinson broke into baseball in 47. He went through a lot of abuse, ridicule. But in time, people got to love him because not only was he a good hitter fielder, but he was a base stealer. And people marveled from the way he used to keep the opponent's pitches on pins and needles. You'd sit on the edge of your chair every time he got on base. Oh, it was such a delight. The other part of it, which I think in hero worship of sports cards, they just worship the performance on the field. But I think Jackie Robinson was a pretty amazing guy off the field, too. Oh, yes. There's sports that he played, but I think he was a good human being. He was down to earth. But that's the way it was in those days. And now people think if you don't toot your horn, who else will? That's right. That's not really true. If you don't toot your horn, other people will toot your horn if you got something worth tooting about. (laughs) Yes. How it was back then, you had all around ball plays and they weren't making that much money. The interesting and most important thing was they played for the sport. That's what it was all about. Today, it's all about money. But back then, it was a sport. Jordan, did you play a lot of sports growing up? Yeah, I started playing baseball. And then my father hit me with 70 consecutive pitches in practice. And (laughs) he made me finish the year. But I took a little hiatus till high school with that. But I ended up playing football, my like love for sports. I ended up playing both football and baseball all throughout high school. It's hard for me to think that somebody would be very involved in the hobby and not either... Yeah. They have been an athlete or really wanted to be. There's some people out there that weren't good athletes that really love the sport and you can love it all you want, but if yeah. you have a certain amount of natural ability, yeah. it's hard to get there. Yeah. You got Newman genes. My dad's talking about all the Dodgers, Dr. Jim. He was quite the ball player. He toured the five boroughs on a traveling team. Oh, yeah. And my duffel bag and I traveled the five boroughs to play ball. 
But the biggest experience I had was when I played CYO ball. I had two of the best coaches, Jordan. I actually got to coach him in high school in football and, and baseball, which is, is not very common for a father uh, to coach their son at the varsity level. Now we find out that the ratio of positive to negative after the game was supposed to be at least five to one. <laughs> for every criticism. I don't think my parents knew that. I'm not sure I knew that either because I was bouncing out the, here's some things to work on. Here's some things you did great. But that, that's the new parenting wisdom that you shower them with praise for what they did. Anyway, it's, sports is a great equalizer. It's one of the things in culture that I wish more people were into because there's a winner and there's a loser. and There's an occasional bad call, but usually the best team or the best person wins. And yeah, that teaches right. you about life, how to lose gracefully. You're and, absolutely uh, right. Without giving credit where credit is due. Is Jordan the only one that grew up in the era of organized sports where you didn't go to the field? Because when I grew up, there weren't any referees. You're playing basketball. But you called your own fouls if it was grievous. And baseball, people said, hey, you're out. And there weren't any umpires there. You're just playing sandlot. I'm old enough where... I can tell you in T-ball now, they don't even keep scoring. Everyone hits, and then you switch sides. I played in an era where T-ball, you, you kept scoring. There was a T-ball champion. I remember the first year we played, we finished second. We lost in the championship game. We were pretty upset, and my grandfather, I was raised by my grandparents, but I saw my dad uh, a lot. He was always there, but I remember riding home and my grandpa said, uh, hey, here I'm five years old. You're going to have to practice harder. Maybe next year that'll be you on the other side with the trophies. We got a certificate and the winning team got trophies. And uh, remember, I wanted I wanted the trophy and not the certificate. Yeah. My grandfather always taught me and my dad too. You got to earn that. You got to work for right. it. And, and, and have good sportsmanship. Yeah. Instead of having sport uh, participation trophies, they'd have sportsmanship trophies. But Yes. But the real trophies ought to be if you win, you know, if you don't yes. win. Yeah. You, you, that's the nothing, bottom line. Nothing bad about coming in second. It's a great motivator. And in fact, that's the famous statement of the Dodgers, of the, the bums. Wait till next year. It's always wait till next year. Barry, you were never a Yankees fan? Joe DiMaggio. I, I favored him being a Brooklyn Dodger, but he's the one I favored as far as being on the Yankees. And I took his number. Whatever uniform I was wearing, I had the number five. He was my idol. He played the game the way it was supposed to be played. Devastating time came in 48. I remember being in a street playing punch ball, and the woman yelled out the window, Babe Ruth just died. Babe Ruth just died. Everything was silent. We just pulled out of the street, and I was crying. We felt so bad when we found out. He had passed away. Here you are, not a Yankee fan, but you knew the significance yes. of Babe Ruth, of what he meant. Yes. The icon of the sport had passed. Even though you weren't a fan of the Yankees, you were still sad. Jordan, what have you learned from your dad in the hobby context? You could look from the business aspect. He does decently well with that. But I think the driving force behind the extra monetary, whatever you get from it, <clears throat> is really the love for cards and really how it started like that. And even though it's evolved and it's more 
lucrative business now than it was then, there's still that passion for cards behind it. Still seeing the excitement when you pull something. I still get a picture from, oh, you check this out. It seems like your dad has a really good blend between the hobby and the business side. And that's good. But And I'm going to call you Barry if you'll call me Jim. Okay. Barry, how did John get that? At the age of 15, he's kind of being an entrepreneur. Did that was that intentional or accidental in the way you uh, raised him? He loved the sport. And my dad, they helped raise John from when he was eight months old. John owes it to his grandfather for taking him out every day and playing ball with him. He was the real influence on my son. No, I don't want to cut you off, Pops. You were, you were there too. I know you're acquiescing, but I guess I was blessed being raised by my grandparents. But I also saw my mom, not as much as my dad, but she got sick. And that one of the reasons that's a longer story. Right. And I was raised by my grandparents, but I still I saw my dad probably almost every day. So it wasn't like just my grandparents. Like that's who I live with. Right. But I saw my dad on, on and a regular And we played ball base. together yeah. also. Yeah. We did play ball together. That first show was probably one of my best ever. A really good show for the first time out of the gate. The day I knew I was going to be in the hobby really for the long haul. It's very interesting to do the math. If you go to a show and you sell some cards and you have hundreds of dollars in your pocket at the end of the day, then you're tempted to multiply by 365. (laughs) That's how much I could make in a year. And you forget all about the cost of goods sold (laughs) and more inventory and the fact that there isn't a show. Although with eBay, there's probably a show in a sense every day. But I remember as a young person going to a show, having a great time and coming back with more money and more cards than I started out with. I thought, (laughs) how good could it get? One melancholy thing here, and I hope you all will accept this. Part of sports is being able to understand loss and coming back. And I, my sincerest condolences for John, you lost your stepbrother last week or the week before. I'm just struck with the the grief and loss in the last year and a half, not just families and not just COVID, these athletes. And I'm just wondering, it can't make it easier, but one of the ways I understood about death and loss was when my heroes passed away, when Roberto Clemente was killed. And you can never get over it, just like you can't get over a family member. I don't know that it helps. But it just shows that life is temporal. We're here for a time and to make the best we can. And these athletes and our siblings, our friends, I've got some friends that are in serious health situations. And you always pray for them to be healed and everybody's terminal. I don't know that Mm -hmm. sports helps you with that other than you just deep down, even this Jackie Robinson, who was a a wonderful man, died prematurely. Yep. Yeah. I got such good memories. And I got to tell you, Dr. Jim, whenever it comes up, like what we're talking about now, when it comes to talking about baseball, it brings joy to my heart because the memories that I have, I can speak about. With my stepbrother, the the memories, all the good times and the the laughter and sports and in life. We talked, you said in the open, the the dichotomy between sports and life, they're just so similar. You just, you got to keep going. You have more games to play until your season's over. That's, it's, you know, kind of corny cliche, but true. And you just think of all uh, the memories and great times you had with those people exactly. uh, that, you, that you lost. 
Yeah. The person's gone, but the memories are there. That's very true of the athlete. Yeah. And, and like I said, Maggio yeah. and Jackie Robinson were quality people as well as outstanding players. My wall of fame, my cards, I'm really trying to have people that are obviously worthy of emulation of more than just being in the sport. But hero worship is dangerous. <laughs> if, if a person is only good at hitting home runs and is having other problems, <laughs> But yeah. hopefully the hobby uh, takes care of that. And popularity in the hobby, I hope, is that cards sell better for those players that are more popular because they're worthy of emulating on a lot of different levels. Uh, Jordan, are you involved very much with some of the things your dad's doing? Or are you doing your own stuff? Not as much now. I think before a couple summers ago, I was pretty big into it with him. It had always been a thing in the background. There was always cards or tanks or big things of cards around recently when he jumped back into it i think it was around 14 or 15 i was in high school playing baseball and whatnot it, it was right up my alley and i was working that summer it was really the first summer i worked so i didn't have any bills and i had just income i think it was bowman platinum and we went all the way two hours out to some walmart and it was selling out everywhere and we bought six hundred dollars each worth <laughs> and like we ripped a bunch it was fun it was worth it just to go through and wow like we sent that on one product at some random walmart but the excitement on being around sports my dad a lot of the bonding we do is through sports and he's a competitive guy so am i it merges then from being around him with actual sports and then getting into cards because it's really the same thing. When you open up stuff, it ends up being a sports debate more than it is um, about the card itself. When you do enjoy the cards, it's not about what's on the cardboard. It's about what sparks from that and the relationships and the conversations those bring up. Seeing my father and the connections he makes just sitting in his office and talking about cards has turned him and what he does into kind of a big thing. There's potential with other people to try and get into it and not necessarily just sports with whatever, what cards are being made. There's a show I know where the tagline is the hobby is the people. It's the people. Yeah. 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 <laughs>